Hello and welcome to episode four of the Immortal Index, a Xianxia podcast, where we talk about all things Wuxia, Xianxia, and everything that we love, that we love reading from week to week to week to week to week. Today's episode is going to be kind of a uh, an interesting one, to say the least. There's been so much coming out lately, and people talking about the whole Wuxia world versus Kidian, um, which if you don't know... Uh, Kidian is also another place where people read the web novels, but Usha World is where I read most of mine. Um, but I'm going to be discussing my interpretation of the current state of affairs between uh, Kidian and uh, Usha World. Uh, just to preface before this, I don't work for either of them. Um, I'm not like sponsored by either of them. It's just when I see things like I've been reading these novels for two years now, guys, or more, and it's just over the years and over the time, I've just seen so much like skeevy business stuff going on that I just feel like I need to talk about it. Cause I feel like some people don't really have a full picture and they're hearing one side or they're hearing two sides. So I'll just go over it and you can discuss what you think. And I'll tell you my opinions on it. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit that Hyorin Maru, the translator for Martial World has a new contest where you can win a Nintendo switch or a PlayStation four. And there can be two winners. I'll talk about that in a bit. Also, we are going to be giving away five free audible codes for TML new book uh six celestial swords it's the first book and uh we're gonna be giving the audio codes for like the full book one of it which will honestly it's like a 25 dollar value so it's uh it's pretty cool so you're gonna have to dm me after the show to get that also we're gonna be talking about uh udon Chiankun, uh which is one that just ended it's a uh, heavenly silkworm potato is the author's name or uh Tiansan Tudo uh, is also his name. So he'll, uh, we'll be talking about his story, uh, doing a chapter one reading of that. And it's going to be a very interesting show. Uh, I do want to preface again, I don't work for either of these websites. So I don't have like the 100% knowledge base of everything. But I have read a lot of the Reddit posts. I've read a lot of the tweets. I've read a lot of the announcements from either side. And yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit weird. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the poll question from last week, which was how many Sciencia novels do you usually stay up to date with at the same time? Uh, my audience was uh, the choices were one to two, three to four, five to six, or seventy eight plus. Twenty one percent of you said one to two. Twenty four percent of you said three to four. Twenty one percent of you said five to six, and thirty four percent of you said seven to eight plus novels at one time. That's pretty impressive, guys. You guys are doing a lot of reading. Uh, it's really awesome that I'm not alone here. That everyone else is reading that many novels. Um, whether that means that you're reading them all daily or whether you're reading them all by binging and reading a lot of chapters at once. We went over that in la- in the poll from two weeks ago, but no, that's really great. I'm glad that like this audience is so hungry for the content that they're, they're, they're staying up to date with so many of it. Uh, so before we jump into this, uh, please remember to go to Immortal Index on YouTube and subscribe. Leave us a comment, thumbs up on a video if you like it. Also, follow us on Twitter at Immortal Index, or you can check us out on SoundCloud at Immortal Index Podcast, and go to iTunes and leave us a comment on iTunes and a rating, and you'll get a shout-out on the show. So, let's talk about this all, this this drama, because we had a crazy announcement earlier in the week from Invader, who's also known as on... Uh, on Kirian, uh, as Kurezi Translator, uh, it's kind of, it's spelled Q, uh, K-U-R-A-Z-Y-T-O-L-A-N-Z-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R. It's kind of funny, Kurezi Translator. Um, but, okay, guys, so, 
A lot of people see tweets from the translators or announcements from them on Reddit or Discord or wonder what everything's about, right? Uh, well, I'm here to piece together the information to give you more of an idea of what seems to be going on. Uh, it's if, if anyone's reading Sovereign of the Three Realms, this is like a total real-life version of the longevity pill arc in terms of, like, copyright and people taking credit and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. And, of course, money is involved, so it's always going to be vitriolic. So the first thing that you guys need to know is that when somebody decides to, to, to license a book to translate, all of their translations are their content. They have a right to those translations. So let's say I decide that I want to translate a book called Immortal Puppy Syndrome, right? And I go to the creator and I get the, the license to translate that book. If I translate them chapter by chapter, I have the rights to those chapters. So that's the first thing you need to know. Um, there's a lot more legal tape, but plain and simple, if you see a translation of content, the person who translated it has rights to it. Now, the next thing that you need to know is that there used to be stories that... Both sites had translations of. So there was uh, one person translating on Wusha World. There was one person translating on Gideon. Um, but then about last year, maybe 15 months ago, there was this huge deal in the works that they were everyone was vaguely talking about between Wusha World and Gideon for uh, Gideon to host partner translated content on their website with Wusha World. And this, again, like that's spark notes of what was going on, but there was just this whole thing where they were going to work together, right? So that's the other thing you need to know. And then lastly, there have been translators in the past who have translated for both sites. That's the final thing that you need to know before I dive into this stuff. So those are the three main things. Is if I translate it, I have the rights to it. Uh, there used to be stories on both of the sites, and there are translators who have worked for both of the sites. So let's dig into where the drama really kicks in. So about 75% through the time where everyone's talking about this deal that's going to go into place with Wusha World and Kitty to partner on about seven or eight novels, it seemed like. Uh, Kitty uh, placed all those novels within the deal on their own site. So they took all the novels, like let's say I was translating three and then uh, Kitty had like four. They decided to take the three that I was doing, but I wasn't, and this is hypothetical, put them on their site. And then they filed a DMCA against me saying that they own the content and I was putting them up illegally. So uh, I'll jump down. I'll go over this again. But a DMCA is a D Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which we'll get into a little bit later. But basically it's saying that they had the rights to the content that the translators were putting up on Wusha World. And they claimed that Wusha World broke the contract, which entitled them to all the rights of those translations. This was clearly not the case because it was a fairly public affair because a lot of people knew about it, right? But then throughout the weeks leading after that, they started directly copying most of the updates and the posts from Wusha World directly to the updates on Kidian. Uh, to the point that certain translators would write in entire fake arcs, entire fake uh, paragraphs, like... You could have uh, Jining from, uh, from Desolate Era and randomly he would be going to a brothel for a paragraph as a joke because the Wuxia World translators were just using it as a means to have a paper trail that Kidin was stealing them. There were also such times where 
I shall seal the heavens had ever between every paragraph a sentence that said, if you're reading this on anywhere other than Wuxia World, it's stolen works and it's copyrighted material. So that also got directly co uh, copied over to Kidian. So people were reading this on Kidian with freaking fake novel things, uh, sentences, input saying that they stole it and everything. It was a whole thing. So this went back and forth for a while, and then it seemed to die down a bit, at least to the public eye. I don't read too much on Kidian, so I don't know if it was, like, continuously through this time. Anyway, so that is until they decide, uh, Kidian, of course, decides that its translators are not allowed to have Patreons. Oh, boy. All right, so this would not be too big of an issue, but the, the coup de grace is if you translate for Kidian, you do not own the rights to your translation. Because in the contract, they're paying you to translate for them, uh, so they have the rights. So, the trade-off is you get paid per chapter, or you get paid however they discuss it, but you don't own the rights. So naturally, creating a Patreon and having fans build up to help your income as you translate, because it is a big time commitment, really helps. But when you take away the Patreons of all these people, and take away the extra income that they were gathering... Uh, they kind of are left with two choices. They can, one, they can keep translating what they started, uh, but only make the money that Kidian's paying them, or they can drop it altogether because you can't take the translation elsewhere because they have the rights to it, and you lose most of your fans and all of your income. So you're no longer getting paid by Kidian, and you're no longer being paid by your Patreon. So it's like a rock and a hard place for these people. It's, it's, it's like absolutely insane. So this is why you see some of your favorite novels on uh, on Kidian just dropping. They get to chapter 500 something, they get to chapter 600, 300, whatever it is, and either the quality completely changes because it's a brand new translator, or it just stops. And now you're left with a story you're addicted to, you have a bad taste in your mouth for that translator, and you don't know why, and you're never going to see the end of that story unless they pay somebody else to pick up the translation. Uh, which this really sucks for the translators for a few reasons, because one, they're dedicating so much time to do this stuff. They're building up a fan base on this, which it's, it's already very difficult to build a fan base. And then they, if they choose to step away, they lose all of that. And obviously they're not going to be helped with being told like, oh, the translator dropped it. It's just, it, it's no announcement. So unless you're following the translator on Twitter or following them on Reddit or something, you're probably not going to know. As an average user, you're probably just going to be like, oh, well, screw them. They just dropped, the, dropped my favorite book. So that's, that's not really fun. So it's basically the translators forced out of their own fan base that they've grown. And what's sad is that the people that get screwed over just move and propagate to the other novels on, on that site. And, you know, like that site ends up winning. Uh, and I hate to be biased, but like it's when, when things are so blatantly like really messed up, like I try not to choose sides and I'm still going to cover stories from both websites, but it's still very like difficult to be like, uh, I don't know who's in the wrong. It's pretty blatant. So now fast forward to one to two months ago. Um, it's of course, May 8th today, 2018. And Kirian ordered a DMCA, again, that's a Digital Millennium Copyright Act, against Wuxia World translators and their Patreons. Uh, you may have noticed this. If you do advanced chapters on any, um, on like Kyorimaru or Deathblade or uh, literally anyone, you'll probably have gotten the notice to Patreon subscribers that, hey, 
save these links. We're going to be updating these Google Docs or whatever they're doing to make sure that their Patreon subscribers were still getting the content because, unfortunately, just like YouTube, when people file a copyright claim, you never know what's going to happen. Uh, let me go ahead and explain what a, what a D- Digital Millennium Copyright Act is. It it A DMCA criminalizes production and dissemination of technology, devices, or services intended to circumvent measures that control access to copyrighted works. So basically what it's meant to do is, let's say I have a subscription-based service that offers private videos, right? Uh, And let's say somebody goes over there, takes my videos by subscribing, and then publishes them on their own YouTube. A DMCA is supposed to protect me, the creator, by taking down those videos. The problem is, is when... Uh, Kidian is claiming that the translations done by Wuxia World Translators are their copyrighted material. Wuxia World doesn't have a control over how Patreon handles the situation. So that's why nobody knew it was going to happen. Because it was an attack to shut down all the Wuxia World Patreons. Because if nobody can have a Patreon, then suddenly Kidian becomes a lot more viable for translators to go to to make money. But at the same time, they resumed copying all the translated works from Wuxia World onto their own site to claim ownership, which is why you can read a Will Eternal, Renegade Immortal, and other Wuxia World translations on Kidian. It's all stolen from Wuxia World. Which, like, again, like, I hate to, like, choose sides, but come on. This is just straight up really, really messed up stuff. So, this is also why I assume... uh, Ren Washing over at Wusha World is creating their own in-house sponsorship system, which has launched. I'm a sponsor for uh, Martial World there, and I'm a sponsor for uh, Deathblades, A Will Eternal there. Like, that's where I'm doing my things. I moved off Patreon. Because what, what the issue is with Patreon is they can decide whichever way. And unfortunately, if Patreon decides that Kidian has the rights to the works, even though they don't, Uh, It sets a precedent. It sets a legal precedent that uh, now they can vie for, you know, everything on every other platform. So it's like Patreon could have taken down all the Wusha World translators' Patreons. They would have lost all of their monthly income. And with the DMCA, it actually could have given the patrons uh, uh, monthly subscriber income. It might have given it to Kidia because this is all like weird. Like YouTube used to do that. If somebody filed a claim, it would give all of your monetization to whoever filed the claim until the claim was disrupted. But with Minution, with uh, everything being pushed back and back and back, you never know how long that's going to happen. That would have seriously damaged a lot of these translators' livelihoods. So that's not cool. So, uh, like... You know, it's 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 a really really tough place to be right now because if everyone just like worked within the confines of the law or worked amicably and not in bad faith, it'd be all good. But the problem is is because all of this is between overseasness, like you have an audience in 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 America, you have people in China working, you have all these different systems in play, it gets a lot more muddied. Now, Here's another interesting story that just came out recently, which only highlights how messed up everything is. So, Kurezi Translator on Kidian is actually the same person as Wuxia World Translator of Talisman Emperor Invader. They're the same person. Uh, he was doing both at the same time. Uh, that's absolutely crazy that to just continue to keep his fans on Kidian 
when he started Talisman Emperor, he had to have a pseudonym. He had to do it under a completely different name because he would have lost it all. But unfortunately, he's decided that he has to drop uh, War Sovereign Soaring the Heavens. So he's no longer going to be translating that because it, it it's difficult to take the amount of time needed for the low income they pay over there for to not have a Patreon in addition to it. So he had to drop War Sovereign Soaring the Heavens. Uh, and he's moving on to just do Talisman Emperor, which you can check out on Wusha World, obviously. Um, and yeah, it's like these chapters take a long time to translate. And it is a skill that develops over time. You wouldn't charge the same amount for something you learned six years ago, six years later, when you're six years better at it. Uh, it's just uh, it's just the income ratio doesn't work. But you can check out his uh, his whole announcement about being the same person, about how why he's stepping back, and his apology to the fans, and all the reasons behind it. You can check that out in the description. There's a there's a link below you can click on. Uh, but yeah, that's my interpretation of the situation. Uh, again, it may not be a hundred percent correct, as I'm not really affiliated with either. I'm not in the inside. I'm not in the room where it happens. To quote Hannibal Hamilton. Uh, but from all the public announcements, the interruptions in the translations, all the terrible word of mouth surrounding Kidian, I'm pretty confident to say it's at least eighty percent accurate. Which is really sad because it's it sucks that something that we love so much. Uh, and the people behind putting that out and translating it for us are getting so taken advantage of in these situations. You know, it's a, it's a real big bummer. So I'd like to know your thoughts right in the comments. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you're, you know, I don't know. Like, just let me know your thoughts on it. Like if you have some insider information, that's a little bit different. Like, let me know. But guys, like this is, it's shaped up pretty bad. Uh, we do have a comment in the chat from uh, Caracas Susastra Let Laura says, Kidian won because they have an app on Android Apple and people can read the novel offline. They can read Wusha World novel offline with their app. Uh, they can, yeah. So it's it's tough when, when a precedent's set around things that shouldn't really matter. Like having an app shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not translators on Wusha World have the rights to their translations. So yeah, that was our main topic today. That's kind of like, it's kind of messed up. I'm going to try to get Invader on the show soon. I think he'd be a great person to talk to about all this, especially because he's been on both sides of it. He might understand it a little bit better. But again, check out the the link in the description to get more on that. Moving on, I do want to shout out everyone who uh, went to YouTube and iTunes over the week and checked out the show. Uh, We didn't get any new iTunes reviews. Uh, I'd love to get some more. We only have three right now, so please... Please go to iTunes, leave us a comment, leave us, leave me a rating. But in the meanwhile, we'll shout out a few people from YouTube. Shout out to Thomas Edwards, as always. Uh, PK Adas, Galaxias, uh, Jordan Krakas, uh, Akashi Mau, uh, Tab M, Ovi Talmi, uh, Helvetica Standard. You know, like, Mr. Friendly Guy, thanks so much for staying with the show and subscribing and being a part of it. Uh, I really appreciate all your support. Obviously, I'm going to keep doing this. I know that sometimes it's a little bit... Uh, difficult to listen to a podcast where it's just one person talking, but I'm glad you guys are bearing with it. Uh, I do want to make the show better. So please, uh, keep sending me ideas. Keep sending me topics you want me to talk about. Please send me whatever you want and I will read it. I really enjoy it. I know that there's a few people on Twitter who are suggesting that 
I uh, I read their novels, and of course, uh, Udon Chiang Kun is en- has ended. Uh, I know I got a message from Red Mirage PTM on Twitter asking me to read his novel, so I'm going to try to check that over the next week. But uh, guys, it's it's great. I really appreciate all the support that I've gotten so far in doing the show, and we're only four weeks in, so I can't wait to to spend the rest of the year with you. Um, now, I do want to move on to a fun, quick story. I told you a little bit about at the beginning of the show was a uh, uh, direct uh, translator for Martial World, Hiromaru, is uh, giving away two PS4 or Nintendo Switches. Uh, the contest is to take five people or things from the Martial World story and create Dungeons & Dragons breakdowns, like uh, item breakdowns, or Magic the Gathering cards for them. It's really cool. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, you can check out the link in the description for the official announcement. But yeah, I made my five cards. I made the Evolving Battle Spirit, which is an equipment. I made the Heretical God Tree, which is an enchantment that like takes out red creatures. I made, of course, uh, Lin Ming, which is a Planeswalker. If you're a fan of Magic the Gathering, you'll understand what all these mean. Uh, and then I had uh, an instant for the, the new Nirvanic Tribulation symbols that are in the storyline if you're reading that far. And then lastly, I also, I love this new aspect of Magic the Gathering they created called uh, Sagas, which are basically three turn cards that like have a different effect each turn unless you destroy them. And I made a saga called Smelting Trial, which is all about like whittling down everyone's creatures and killing everything, but anything that survives gets uh, infinitely stronger, which I thought was a really cool concept that they don't do in Magic that often. So I think that's like the whole spirit behind a Smelting Trial. So... Check it out, guys. Uh, it's a cool contest. It won't take you too long to do something and enter it. I know, like, you entering ruins my chances of winning because everyone's so much better at this than I am. But, you know, I just don't want anyone to miss out if they haven't heard about it. Also, I do have something really cool. Uh, Colleen on Twitter uh, she reached out to me, Colleen Sheehan, uh, about a really cool hardcover novel uh, called move my show uh called the uh six celestial swords uh and let me pull that up real quick for you guys because i want to make sure i get the info right for you because obviously i don't want to tell lies because that would be bad so the six celestial swords is a uh basically a sciencia inspired novel by t.a miles um she's or the author's a huge fan of like uh, Xianxia and Wuxia, movies and video games especially. Uh, she has a degree in East Asian civilization, and the characters in the novel all have inspirations from, like, Romance of the Three Kingdoms and Journey to the West. I've checked out uh, a few... I've checked out part of the first book. It's pretty cool. I really like how they set you up in the environment. It, it, again, with, uh, with these novels, the descriptions are really where it all matters, and she does a really great job with them. I also really like to support original creators because I think it's so cool when people spend time and create something, just like I'm creating this podcast. Like, I feel like if you're not supporting the people who are actually doing this kind of stuff uh, outside of whatever you're doing, like, come on, like, get out there, give it a try. I know that there's a lot of like mainstream novels, but these are ones you can pick up on Amazon. You can actually pick up the first four books right now, but if you don't want to read them, you can actually listen to them as an audio book. Uh, but let me give you a little preface. So Six Celestial Swords is a Xianxia uh, meets epic fantasy adventure set in the fantasy world of Drith. Uh, it's the first book in a six-book series, plus one prequel, with books five and six to be released at the end of this year next, and audiobooks for the rest of the series and a novella side series are in the plans for the future, guys. So get on it while you can right now, and I'm giving away five codes to audible.com. All you got to do is DM me, and I will send you one. 
I'm a little bit into it. I'm enjoying it. So, uh, you know, hit me up on Twitter and get one of those Audible codes. Again, it's like 25 bucks on Amazon. You get it for free. You can enjoy a brand new story. Like, get on it. Um, okay. So, thank you to everyone before that. Thank you to everyone who's watching and still watching after I've been blabbering on for the last uh, 20 minutes. But I am going to talk today about Wudong Chiangkun, which is, of course, I think it's Martial Universe is what it's name is word but like they tried to change it on the translation pages to Marshall Universe and I was just so dead set on Wudong Xiankun. Uh but it is Yellow Law's translation. Uh it is the author that's behind Battle Through the Heavens, which is another favorite of mine, and The Great Ruler, which is currently in translation. Uh the story just ended literally like yesterday, but I don't want to discuss the ending today. I'm gonna discuss the ending next week because I want to give you guys a week to, you know, get caught up and finish it before I, you know, spoil stuff for you. So make sure you get caught up, make sure you finish it, uh, because I really enjoy it. It's really good and you should be reading it. It's one of the most famous ones that's been out. It, the Patreon has like $20,000 a month on that Patreon. It's crazy. So many people love the story. So obviously I think you will too. So we're going to be reading chapter one. Uh, I'm going to read you the synopsis from uh, Wusha World really quick, and then we'll jump into it. The Great Yen Empire exists in a world where respect can only be earned through strength. Within this Great Yen Empire, the four great clans have always stood above the rest. Among them, a particular incident in the Lin clan resulted in the banishment of a certain individual who went on to start his own family in hopes of one day being recognized again by the Lin clan and rejoining them. Hailing from a banished family of the Great Lin clan, when Lin Dong was very young, he watched powerlessly as his talented father was easily crushed and crippled by the overwhelming genius of the Great Lin clan, Lin Langtian. Uh, with a despairing father, a heartbroken grandfather, and a suffering family, ever since that fateful day, Lindong has been driving has been driven by a deep purpose to take revenge on the man who had taken everything and more from his family. Armed with nothing but willpower and determination, join Lindong as he unknowingly discovers a destiny greater than he could have ever hoped to imagine when he stumbles upon a mysterious stone talisman. This is your standard story uh, with heavy elements of reincarnation, achievement through pain, like the description of pain is really, really vivid. Um, it also deals with the lucky chance. Of course, Martial World has the Divine Crystal Magic Cube. This one has the, as I'll say it in this, to not give you a spoiler, Mysterious Stone Talisman. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of these stories are based on that one lucky chance. Um, and it does a really great job with its romance elements in balancing them to not be too heavy-handed through the stories. Uh, Heavy-handed throughout the story, uh, there's a first main story, which uh, deals with uh, Lin Langtian, uh, which is the, uh, the main antagonist. And then it moves on to this huge world building that's just absolutely insane. Gets really cool. There's these things called the ancient symbols, that there's eight of them. It's very similar to Against the Gods, where there's these things that you have to collect to get more powerful kind of thing. Um, again, it's an exciting story with a lot of great payoff moments, so... Please check it out. I'm about to do the chapter one reading for you. But disclaimer about Chinese pronunciation. I give you this every single week. I am not Chinese by any sense of the word. I am not from China. I am not uh, a native speaker of any language other than English. Uh, I live in California. I drive on the 405. So, you know, I kind of may not pronounce things the best. But the names we're using today are Lin Dong, uh, Lin Xiao, uh, Lu Yan, Lin Langtian, and Lin Sentian. Uh, so that's it. I'm going to go ahead and get into it and I hope you enjoy. Wudong Chiangkun, 
Chapter 1. Lindong. When Lindong gathered every ounce of strength to open his heavy eyelids, a simple, crude yet tidy room appeared before his eyes. This familiar scene caused him to blink distractedly, unable to make sense of why he was here, though soon after he promptly turned his head in a flash of understanding. Sure enough, he saw the two figures of a man and a woman seated at a table in the room. Father, mother. As Lindong gazed at the two figures, he grew spirited and let out a soft cry. Donger, you have awoken! Hearing his cries, the woman first turned her head. As she saw Lindong finally opening his eyes, she immediately exclaimed in happiness. Dressed somewhat plainly and about 30 years in age, the outline of her cheek gave a sense of elegance to her face and also a type of sweet-tempered and gentle feeling. This was Lindong's mother, Lu Yen. Unskilled and yet you pit fights with others. You are literally asking for trouble. Seated besides the woman was a man who looked to be about 30 or 40 years old. His body was slightly frail, yet he had a bit of sternness in his brow. He also seemed to be suffering from serious injuries as his face was pale, which in turn masked up a large part of his sternness. This was Lin Dong's father, Lin Shao. Turning to face his oftentimes stern father, Lin Dong ostensibly displayed a sliver of fear, pulling back his neck, though soon after he somewhat defiantly declared, "'Who asked them to call my father useless right in front of my face?' As he spoke, Lindong reached to feel the still-aching wound on his chest and clenched his teeth. Today was merely one of the tests for the Lin family, and he had only went down to gauge his progress. Today's setback hardly dented his faith in himself because he had only been training for about half a year, and he did not expect to make much progress. He remained confident that, given the same time and conditions to train, he would not lose out to anyone. Nevertheless, right after the test ended, as Lindong was preparing to make his way home, he encountered a fellow which he had some bad history with. His original plan was to ignore that chap. However, after a few rounds of deliberate provocation, he could no longer stand it, and in a moment of fury, the young and hot-blooded Lin Dong attacked the provocateur. Nonetheless, the results were clear as day as he was immediately soundly knocked out by a heavy punch. Lin Shen, you had better remember this. The next time I vow to smash your head into a pulp, or my name's not Lin Dong. Lin Dong ground his teeth together. The Lin Shen mentioned was the perpetrator of this incident and also the number one enemy in Lin Dong's heart. Because their fathers had bad blood between them, Lin Shen constantly tried to inconvenience Lin Dong, and the latest incident was just one of many. One moment he was resolutely clenching his jaw, yet the next Lin Dong was hanging his head dejectedly. Though Lin Shen was extremely vile, the fact remained that he was currently already at the fourth layer of tempered body. In the Lin family, this kind of achievement was considered better than average. Compared to the second layer that Lin Dong was at, it was indeed much better. In the path of training, the body should be trained first as everything begins with one's body. After all, the human body is the most wonderfully mysterious thing in the world. Simply said, tempered body was the cultivation of one's body, allowing one's body to gradually strengthen and eventually grow stronger from outside to within. When the muscles and bones within the body have strengthened to a certain level, it will give a rise to a seedling of UN power. Only when a seedling of UN power naturally appears in the body can one be called a true practitioner. Tempered body is divided into nine layers. The difference between the first three layers is not as significant as it only improves one's physical body and foundation slightly. Only when the body is cultivated to the fourth layer will the advantages of training gradually surface. At that level, the skin will slowly harden and become as tough as wood or rock, and both one's strength and speed will be substantially upgraded. Since Lin Shen was currently at that level, Lin Dong, who had only mastered the second layer of body tempering, was clearly outclassed. As for why there was such a disparity between the two, although they were both of the similar age, it was not due to a difference in their potential. For the tempered body levels, talent was not a key factor. In fact, it could be said that anyone could train in it. However, 
how far they were able to progress would depend on one's wealth and affinity. Nonetheless, to reach the ninth layer of tempered body is an extremely difficult and tiring affair. This was because only by constantly pushing the limits of one's physical body could one's body gradually grow stronger. Yet this way of testing one's limits was akin to squeezing out the potential in one's body. If one's body was not sufficiently restored after the squeezing, one's body would be interested would be injured due to the strain. At that time, not only would the training be affected, but the whole body would be riddled with injuries and overall loss. Thus, as one attempts to master the tempered body, they would need various nourishing elixirs to supplement their body before they can progress with their training. However, as these elixirs are mostly expensive commodities, those without adequate wealth would not be able to afford it. And this is the so-called wealth. The reason why Lin Shen was able to surpass Lin Dong by two layers was not because he had trained for half a year more, but largely because his father was in charge of the finances of the Lin family. In comparison to Lin Dong, who lacked this food fortune and therefore the access to elixirs to nourish his body, thus his training progress was naturally much slower than the former. Suddenly, as Lin Xiao heard Lin Dong's mutterings, his palm that was resting on the table clenched tightly as his expression grew a shade darker. To the, say, to the side, Lu Yan, who had seen this change, promptly signaled Lin Dong with her eyes before the latter hastily shut his mouth. No need to whine. Concentrate on training, and others will naturally shut up. Lin Xiao waved his hands as he said, Lu Yan, take that red ginseng and pass it to Dong Er. With the red ginseng, his training should go slightly faster. There's only half a year left till the family competition. If he doesn't make the most out of this time to train, he'll only bring shame to us. Xiao Ge, the, that red ginseng is for your injuries, Lu Yan hastily said before she fell into a quiet stupor. I'm already a useless person. No matter what kind of remedies are used, it would all be for naught. In the future, I will spend more time finding elixirs in the mountain for Dongar. Lin Xiao declared in a self-mocking tone as he shook his head. Father's not useless. Father used to be the strongest practitioner in the family, excluding Grandpa! Hearing Lin Xiao's words, Lin Dong exclaimed red-faced. As a child, his father was the biggest figure in his heart. Strongest practitioner. Lin Xiao subconsciously clenched his fists tightly as a deep pain flashed across his face. A moment later, he stood up and tiredly walked outside the room. Lu Yan, brew the tonic for our child. My injuries are fine. It's already been so many years. What use would one stock of red ginseng possibly be? Gazing at his somewhat decrepit back... Lu Yan's eyes reddened. Who could have imagined the man who was once the most gifted and remarkable man in, in Qinyang town would end up in such a slump? Mother, don't cry. Dong Ar promises that he will work hard in his training, and when the time comes, I will find a way to cure father, Lin Dong softly said as he pulled at the corner of Lu Yan's clothes. Dong Ar, don't blame your father if he's strict towards you. It is just because he has devoted everything to you. After all, you should know that you are his only hope. Lu Yan muttered as softly as she lowered her head, lightly wiping at her eyes and stroking Lin Dong's tiny head while she gazed at the earnest expression on Lin Dong's tender face. Mother, I have heard the top three contestants in the upcoming family competition will obtain a third-grade elixir called vermilion blood-clotting fruit. I once heard that an uncle said that it is very effective in treating injuries. If, if I managed to obtain it, it would definitely aid to heal the wounds in father's body. As if he had suddenly thought of something, Lin Dong lifted his head as he said while watching Lu Yan with shining eyes, Vermilion blood-clotting fruit. Hearing these words, Lu Yan was slightly taken aback. Nonetheless, she helplessly shook her head. It's not easy to be the top three in the family competition. It's good that you have the heart. Mother will leave first and brew the red ginseng for you. As she finished, Lu Yan turned to walk out of the room. With the current younger generation in the Lin family, there were already a few that had obtained decent accomplishments. Therefore, it would not be easy for Lin Dong to enter the top three and obtain the vermilion blood-clotting fruit. Hence, she did not take this matter too seriously. As he gazed at Lu Yan's leaving back, Lin Dong's lips pursed tightly together, clenching his tiny fists. Mother, rest assured, I will definitely obtain that vermilion blood-clotting fruit and heal the injuries in father's body. 
As Lin Dong thought of Lin Xiao's injury, a deep hatred suddenly surfaced in his eyes. The reason why father was often ridiculed by many in the family was all because of that one man. The Lin family that Lin Dong belonged to was only a small family. Even in Qinyang town, they could not be considered the best. Yet this unremarkable-looking Lin family had a highly respectable background that would shock many people. They were of the Lin clan. One of the four great clans of the Great Yan Dynasty, the Lin clan. From a certain point of view, the Lin family of Qinyang Town could count as an extension of the Lin clan. Yet to the Lin Dong, who had never traveled beyond a hundred miles of Qinyang Town, the overwhelming strength of the Lin clan in the Great Yan Dynasty was just another unfamiliar and distant thing. What Lin Dong knew from the occasional scraps of information gleaned from his father was that the branch they belonged to was actually once part of the inner circle of the Lin clan. It was only because of one mission. The failure of Lin Dong's grandfather in that mission had led to a huge loss for the clan. Consequently, he was expelled from the inner circle and banished to Qinyan town. Here, he established this this small Lin family, and over these tens of years, he has tried everything he could in order to fulfill a lifelong dream, to return to the inner circle of the Lin clan. Yet all his efforts did not amount to much. All that he had accomplished was not even worth mentioning to the huge and incomparable Lin clan. Therefore, he could only turn his attention to other places, such as the ten-year clan gathering of the Lin clan. This was the most important gathering of the Lin clan and also an extremely famous event in the entire Great Yan dynasty. Held every ten years, each gathering presented the perfect opportunity for the younger generations in the clan to stand in the spotlight and make a name for themselves. Moreover, many of the prizes for this humongous competition were naturally so generous that they would draw covetous gazes. Yet the most appealing caveat for Lin Dong's grandfather lay in the fact that as long as one could enter the top ten in this gathering... Even if you were an outsider of the clan, you will be promoted to the inner circle with no obstructions and obtain unparalleled honor. Thus, the clan gathering had become the new dawn in Lin Dong's grandfather's long night of despair, but because of his age, he was already unable to participate. Therefore, he placed all of his hopes onto his five sons that came from different mothers. Naturally, the most outstanding one of them all, Lin Dong's father, became grandfather's and the entire Lin family's ray of hope. Even though Lin Dong's father carried this heavy burden on his shoulders, he did not betray their expectations. Among the five brothers, he was the earliest to break through the ninth layer of tempered body and advance into the UN stage. Furthermore, in another short four years, he once again broke through the UN stage to become the second heavily UN master in the Lin family after grandfather Lin Santian. This spectacular progress caused the normal, quietly, normally quiet and stern grandfather to elicit a kind and gratified smile on his aged face every time he met his father. It was said that in all of the ten long years, this was the time that grandfather smiled the most. However, when the ten-year clan gathering finally arrived, the outcome shocked all the members of the Lin family and left them in deep abyss of despair. One move. In just one move, his father, the shining ray of hope for the Lin family, was cruelly defeated. Furthermore, this happened in the first match right at the start of the gathering. Years of expectations and nurturing crumbled to dust within that brief moment. The final reward for losers was naturally countless peculiar gazes as well as an endless stream of mocking sneers. Like a pack of stray gogs, they returned to Qinyang town defeated. That night, his father left the inner district of the Lin family and moved to live on a small, desolate hill at the furthest reaches of the Lin family territory. From then on, he never again touched anything from the Lin clan. According to him, he had already lost all right to do so. However, fortune never arrives in pairs, and disaster never strikes alone. After that defeat, what had been bestowed on the Lin Shao was not merely depression. Afterwards, he was even more grieved to find that the person he had fought with not only defeated him with one palm, but also without a shred of mercy used an almost beast-like violent Yuan force to ravage the insides of his body till it was a total mess. With injuries of this degree, Lin Shao lost his heavenly Yuan strength 
and returned to the earthly UN level. In addition, the serious injuries also caused the channels in his body to be disrupted and clogged, and no matter how he trained, he found further advancement nearly impossible. Within the family, what was once respectful gazes had gradually turned to sighs of disappointment. Faced with disaster after disaster, Lin Xiao finally gave up all hope. Every time he got drunk, he would furiously pound at his own chest. The sound of the dull thuds broke his mother's heart as she quietly stood aside and brushed off her falling tears. Even though Lin Dog was still young and he witnessed this scene, he felt as though his heart was sliced to shreds. At the same time in his young heart, seeds of hatred were quietly planted towards the man who had humiliated and devastated his father. He not only destroyed my father, but he ruined his family as well. As for the man in question, later on, Lin Dong by chance heard his uncle and the others mention him with loathing and powerless tones. At 10, he started training. At 12, he broke through the ninth layer of tempered body to enter the UN territory. At 14, he advanced to the earthly UN level. At 17, he advanced to the heavenly UN level. At 25, the UN Chi in his body exchanged yin and yang, finally succeeding in forming a don. Like a carp that became a dragon in one fell swoop, he joined the ranks of the rarefied few in the great Yun dynasty to form a Yuan Den before the age of 30. The story of his life was practically one legendary feat after another. His name was Lin Yangten, Lin Lantian. In his room, Lin Dong clenched his fists tightly as thick hatred brewed in his eyes. So that's chapter one, guys. Uh... So, as you can see, it really gears up for a revenge story. The dad was savagely crippled by a dude in a competition. Uh, the grandfather, basically, it deals with clans and families a lot in the beginning. Uh, basically, the uh, political stance is there is the Big Lin clan. Uh, they are in a family that was founded by somebody who was previously a member of the Lin clan but was cast out. Uh, but he wants to get back into it, so he has five sons that are competing. One of the sons was the main protagonist, Lin Dong's father, who gets crippled, so now Lin Dong has a hatred towards the main clan uh, dude who crippled him. So there's revenge, there's lots of lots of animosity, there's lots of cool fights, lots of good stuff going on. I don't want to give anything away, so I won't talk about it too much more, but it is a really fun story that you guys should read, especially now it's over. So binge that stuff because next week we're talking about the end of it. Uh, okay, so now that we've done our reading, I do want to do the new poll question for this week, which is where do you read your novels? Last week we talked about how many novels you read. Now I don't want to know where you read them. Option one, Wusha World. Option two, Kidian. Option three, Hard Copy. And option four, Anywhere I Can Find Them. Uh, I'm going to go with, uh, Wusha World. That's my vote. Number one. That's where I read most of my novels. I'm going to say, yeah, most of my novels. Uh, aside from that, I read God and Devil World, but that's pretty much the only one I read that's not on Wusha World right now. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the poll. Again, I want to thank AfterBuzz TV for providing me with this great space to be able to tape the podcast. It saves me so much money by not having to spend on a space or buy a mixer and buy all that stuff. It's all prepared because... I work for the company, but I really do love the company. If you guys need TV reviews, if you guys are always wanting people to talk about the most recent episode of Into the Badlands or the most recent episode of Killjoys or Unreal or even Dancing with the Stars, if you're into that kind of stuff, like we do after shows for all of it here. So just go to AfterBuzzTV.com or go to YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Check out all the content we do. We do over 130 of hours worth of content at AfterBuzzTV. So I can't support them enough. I hope you'll support them too. 
Also, please support me by going to Twitter, following Immortal Index. Or if you want to follow me personally, you can follow me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. If you have ideas for the show, tweet at me there. If you uh, want to play the games that I've been posting lately with, like, choosing your ultimate finishing move or whatever, using your name, it's really fun. You can find those on the Twitter. Tweet me what, you, what your moves are, what your, what your Dallas name is, and all that kind of stuff. It's really fun. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's episode. I want to know what you thought. Uh, and next week, we'll be gonna, we're going to be talking talking about the end of Wudong Tiankun. Um, I'm probably going to choose over this next week which novel I want to do a reading of, but I'm looking at Upgrade Specialist from another round. I think that's going to be a good one. I enjoy that story, so we might, uh, might go with that. Uh, that being said, thank you again, and I feel like I'm forgetting something, but maybe I'm not. Just uh, check us out, subscribe, hit that thumbs up, and thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you guys next week.